0: Okay, today I'm speaking with Will Richardson. Will's the founder and CEO of Green Element and Compare Your Footprint. He's a leading voice in environmental sustainability and a pioneer and early adopter of many of the now mandatory environmental standards. Will's passionate about improving the planet and how we can all work together to achieve that goal. We talk about the current situation in terms of reducing emissions and improving our environment what the business and government sectors need to have a handle on, and how collaboration over competition is key to us achieving success. I hope you enjoy it. Here's my conversation with Will Richardson. Morning, Will. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, very good, thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And uh, yeah, morning for you, afternoon for me. Whereabouts? What part of the
1: world are you in today? We are in Edinburgh um, and yeah, Scotland. Although I'm not Scottish, as you can tell from my accent. <laughs>
0: it's a long time since I've been there. I did actually, my, my father used to live there many years ago, so I do remember it. He was in the Stepping Stones Theatre, so I, I remember that kind of stretch along there with the, the cobbled area and the nice pubs. It's a lovely part of the world.
1: Uh, it's absolutely beautiful, and it's a sunny, sunny, glorious, no no cloud in the sky day today, which is fairly normal for the east side of Scotland, um, which I which I was pleasantly surprised about when I moved up here. <laughs> it's just right, cold. So we have, we've got a business <laughs>
0: partner in perth i speak to you now and then but it never it doesn't seem to have the same luck of weather where he is but they're slightly
1: more on the west they are slightly more on the west and the more west you go the more rainy it gets
0: cool well look it's yeah great to have you on i wanted to start just by um you know getting an intro in terms of, of green element what you guys do and you know just for our audience Um, you know you've been in the environmental space for a while but yeah just a bit of an intro on that side would be great.
1: Real yeah so um, I set Green Element up back in 2003 Um, so coming up to 20 years ago now helping organizations become environmental that's our remit Um, and We've kind of turned that into helping as many organisations as possible to become as environmental as possible, and that doesn't mean trying to make as much money as possible. It's trying to be really cost-effective, but with as much quality as possible, um, which is a fairly hard thing to do. But as we've grown, we've we're finding it easier and easier. We now have a consultancy. Um, where we work on complicated carbon footprinting. Um, and um, so those would be for companies that have sites all over the world. They potentially, you know, we've got one client that works in war-torn areas. They work for the UN. They needed to carbon footprint their runways that they made. They needed to footprint their um, their refugee camps. And um, they wanted to go down to the food um, that was going into the meals and menus. So um, we've got environmental management systems where we help organisations with their environmental management programme, implementing 14,001, 50,01, a few of the ISO standards and stuff. And then lifecycle analysis, which is looking at products. In companies so people like um, Finister who's a British company they've got say jackets and we look we'll be looking at uh, jackets and looking at their whole life cycle so what is the environmental footprint um, Cafe Direct looking at their beans to cup so the beans that are grown in Peru what carbon footprint is that all the way through bringing it all the way to the UK and um, someone pouring water over it in the UK and um, what's that full full life cycle And then we've got the Green Element Academy, which is an online training academy where we uh, have designed courses, carbon footprinting courses, environmental management courses. We've got courses for children that are free um, because, of course, during the pandemic, we realized that many parents had had to do quite a lot of stuff for their children suddenly and they weren't going to school anymore. So we actually very quickly designed um, some courses, environmental courses that help. Um, So we've got eight year olds and basically 13 year olds. Um, and they can go through that course so that was quite cool and uh, that was the team that decided to do that because they wanted to do something for society on the back of it and then we have online coaching which is a very unique and um, I know that we're the only people to do this methodology and we've designed it over the last 20 odd years um, to the fact that you we take many people through the coaching so you're not just one-on-one but you go through videos you go through one-on-one you go through a bit of a mixture and a medley of different um, ways and you end up with an organization that's more environmental because we help you get to that end goal we've got a carbon footprinting software called compareyourfootprint.com and that is a carbon reporting software that helps you manage understand and benchmark your environmental footprints thus helping you reduce and that deals with Scope 1, 2, and 3 emissions, which basically all emissions. And we are the first organization, I think the only organization at the moment, to be able to automate a huge amount of it. So we can automate your freight, we can automate currently going through construction, automate all travel, um, electricity, gas, etc. And um, we run APIs and white labels and stuff through that. So that's quite an exciting place to be. I realized that quite a lot of companies need to carbon footprint but they pay so much money to do it and so therefore we designed something that was really cost effective to do that trying to think of anything else that we do we we obviously do the um, podcast which is how we we met originally and um, yeah a variety of other things that I'm completely forgotten about awesome (laughs) I mean well I I mean there's
0: I, I can't imagine there is anything else that you need to do in there in terms of looking after you know, your environmental footprint and managing it. I mean, so you really do everything from, you know, the let's look at my footprint right through to, you know, reduction strategies, um, you know, maintaining yeah. those. The the bit actually I didn't know about, and I'd love to drill in down on a bit more is, because it sounds completely unique, which is where you just mentioned coaching. So you're talking about, okay, I'm, a, I'm an organization, I'm looking at my carbon footprint, and you know, I want to report on these indicators, I want to reduce, you know, maybe I want to hit net zero, whatever it is, a part of that is engaging the workforce. Is that what you mean? And then you help to, are you working one-on-one with individuals or? No,
1: so we, yeah, we're kind of. So what we've, what we've designed is a um, methodology and it's kind of bridges the gap between the online training, which is IEMA accredited actually. Um, and that is just purely you log in, you go through the videos and then you finish it then um, the consultancy is you have a consultant come into your site, take you through everything that you need to do, and then you end up with a green company. Coaching is we have a load of videos that you go through, but then you can also speak to a consultant whenever you want. And um, it's subscription, So it's but it's only £199 a month at the moment. And the reason... We've made it so cheap is because it is one to many. It is a way that we can get. So therefore, smaller organisations who don't have that confidence to be able to take their organisation through becoming more green and environmental, they can have the um, backup and you know the kind of okay we can actually rely on a consultancy to help us in any form at any point so four times a week they can jump on a call and it's unlimited where there is no kind of or you can only speak to us five times in a month kind of thing it's literally unlimited calls awesome really
0: yeah i mean that is i haven't seen that i mean it's it, that sounds pretty unique in terms of a service i'm sure there maybe others um other people offering it but yeah um and what's next? Anything else to add to your portfolio then? It sounds like you pretty much got the 360 kind of degree circle managed. Are there gaps? Are there other things that need to be done? But um, I think we
1: can do a lot of things better. Um, I mean, it all comes back to that same mission of trying to help as many organizations be as green as possible. And that's where there's a very common theme amongst it all uh, throughout all the services. And it's only carbon footprinting and environmental management. We don't do anything else, literally. There, that is literally it. That is our niche. That is what we deal with. And carbon footprint is within environmental management. Um, so it's, I guess, as things evolve, it would only evolve within that area. And um, that's kind of where we've got to. and Why we've got to where we've got to. I know you you work with
0: different size organisations by just by what you said and some of the research you've done. Is there, and it you know it's it's obvious that you know big brands big companies have been kind of looking at this for a while. It, is it all over the place? So, you know, are there, do you, do you find, you know, there's a lot more that needs to be done in the mid-market space, small businesses need to take more action, Other, are, are big businesses also needing to do more? What You know, what are the gaps in terms of the types of organisations and the work that needs to be done to ensure we kind of, you know, keep keep reducing the way we have to?
1: I think um, where we need to help, the, the organisations we need to help the most are the SMEs, um, so the smaller to medium-sized um, companies, of which in the UK, 99% of organisations are small and medium size. Um, the bigger companies, to be honest with you, on the whole, actually have got it. They understand it. They know their colleagues and their stakeholders and everyone within those organisations wants their organisation to be green. The ones that don't, quite honestly, at this point in time, probably won't be around in the next 10 years. We actually know a law firm that won't now take on companies that won't, that aren't going environmental because they just go actually, they're actually a risk to us, which I found, which I actually found very interesting that. Um, but that and it goes back to we concentrate more on SMEs, but we we work with the likes of interpublic group and you know Omnicom and large 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 organizations and i think that's purely because we've got a reputation um and i've we've been doing this for a long time but um there is a different way of working with the larger organisations. do on the whole tend to use the consultancy side because they are slightly more complicated and i guess in some ways we are coaching in a way we try and always teach people what the only way to really try and get every organization to be as green as possible is everyone learns off each other that collaboration and that's um so we don't go in there and go we'll do it all for you we'll go we'll handhold your facilities people or your office uh, managers etc through the process so therefore hopefully they can then take it on themselves yeah, interesting that comment <clears throat> on the law firm. I think we, we must
0: have spoken about it before because I think I've repeated it now to about ten people after you told me. It's really interesting. I think it's yeah. massive validation of where the world's heading and you know what is seen as 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 responsible uh, within within a business and what is seen as risk. So really fascinating. Um, We're seeing a lot, lot of that
1: risk um, being brought into the conversation in the UK at the moment. Um, I think Rishi Sunak actually. Um, has he's, he said something in the news last week about risk and how all um, organisations, I think over 30 million turnover roughly, have to start to report on their risk, um, which will change, which will start to change um, people's thoughts around sustainability and the environment. Well, probably a good segue
0: into, um, I had a note down to chat about B Corp. Um, you know, the, the listeners of our podcast, some may know the term, many may not. Uh, you guys are at B Corp. Um, there are, if I'm right, is it two and a half thousand B Corps? Is that about right? That might be outdated now. In but, the
1: world, that is uh, outdated because um, I've quoted odd. that before. And I think, um, I actually don't know. I honestly don't know how many there are. I think probably in the region of four to five now, I would imagine. Um, but the B Corps are, purpose-driven organizations they are organizations that put people planets um, and stakeholders and virtually everything above profit but you've got to remember that profit is still in there so uh, we're all very very acutely aware that we all need to be profitable organizations as well because if we want to do good in the world then we have to be profitable but it's how you how you push that profitability out within the organization. So for, for example, for us, um, every full-time employee works for a charity of their choice one day a month. Um, we also give 50 pounds to charity for every referral we win through work for good. We, I've recently um, asked for my salary. So the team actually came up with my salary and told me how much I should be earning. Um, for me, it's a gets buy-in from my colleagues, but also it actually benchmarks us as an organization and it levels us out. So therefore I can then run the organization knowing that I've got the top salary and it's unlikely that someone will end up with more than me. Although that I'm not ruling that out either. They may well, we may end up with someone that's much more experienced and much better that we want to employ as a team that will be, you know, earning more than me so that's you know but it kind of is it's a nice rule of thumb to go okay this is our outgoings this is what and i can actually now forecast for the next five to ten years on where we are and where we're going to go and um okay obviously it's not going to be completely accurate but it is slightly more accurate and i've got a temperature gauge of where what our outgoings will be yeah, it's something we
0: when we we're looking at. It's on our roadmap. We, you know, we're very young right now, but it's uh, we've been looking into it as we have also. Uh, there's 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 a number of other accreditations starting to crop up, but um, it, you know, it's interesting. When I look at the B Corps. Many of them are obvious. You know, before you even look at the B Corps stamp, like yourselves. But but is it kind of reaching out into what might be seen as a more traditional businesses taking these steps to be
1: recognised as a B Corp? Are there more within the the pool? Yeah, there are, and I think. It's in. I think that it's going to stutter slightly in a, and I think in a good way. I think mo- many more organisations are now looking at B Corp going, oh, we can become a B Corp and then going, oh, actually, we've got to change pretty much our whole business model in order to become a B Corp. Maybe it's not as easy as we thought it was. It's not an ISO 14001 where it's not changing your whole business uh, where 14,001 is literally just making sure you're more environmental. So you don't need to change your whole business around. You've got to change your memorandum association. So your whole core of your business has got to be changed in order to become a B Corp. And that's quite hard if you've got a top male, dominance, heavy, um, very high paying board. That just it's kind of a red flag going that's probably not gonna work that easily because it's you know and I it is hard and but i think the more and more people and organizations that do it i think is, is a good thing and it's a really good thing because it is the power of the many isn't it and we are seeing a sea of change i think more and more organizations are wanting to become more and more um purpose-driven so I,
0: yeah i think i mean i can't remember whether we chatted about this when we did a poll but um I think part of that, you know, the drive of millennial generation and and down to, you know, really massive percentages of them buying from businesses that do the right thing and not buying from ones that don't, wanting to work for companies that, you know, are treating people and planet in a certain way and making decisions around that rather than salary levels. I think these, I mean, you know, you don't want those to be the drivers. You want people to do the right thing. But I think it's great when you start to have those influencing factors that really push you know, all of the businesses into the right area. You, you, do you see that in terms of the kind of generational shift in terms of how we're, you know, how yeah. we're looking at the world?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where the bigger brands have recognised that and gone: if we want to retain and recruit the smartest and the brightest of uh, of the next generation, we need to be doing the right thing. They, you know, they've recognised that quite quickly, and the be- the better ones, and quite clearly the um the ones that are more profitable and the ones that are faster growing recognized it sooner because um they're the smarter organizations As i read i read yesterday there's um they've just come out of the top um 10 tech companies in the uk four of which are b corps interestingly really um which i did think which i did think was quite interesting That yeah that um, is yeah
0: do you remember who they are oh, i won't sorry i put yeah. you on the spot but um
1: no i do um bulb bulb is one of them um mindful chef who are a client of ours um then um ella's kitchen and oh man now i've remembered three of them the fourth one's gonna kill me um oh man Uh, (laughs) i literally just read it on linkedin (laughs) uh, i got the i got the ticket here i got the reward
0: can you get it (laughs) I can't remember. Yeah, no worries. I, 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 didn't, I certainly didn't mean to put you on the spot there. But anyway, um, interesting all the same. You'll have to send me the article to have a look. So. Um, on a slightly slightly different course of, of conversation, and I do not want to get all techie and bore our audience, but I did want to ask about this because I know you will have opinion and knowledge. You know, the whole indicator area of the, um, social and environmental um, impact progress, so you know your your GRI's, your, your CDPs, and um, you know the, I I I kind of got into the space maybe 12 years ago doing some stuff for our supply chain with CDP. You know, in, from a technology standpoint, something I find somewhat painful, and this is not this, just this space; it's everywhere. You you know this this kind of combination of different ways of reporting, and you know, is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And also you know, the SDGs, which we're, we're using, starting to use more and more as a language, and I like them because, um, you know, I think they're colorful, they're much more marketable than the, the kind of indicator level, the, the CDPs and the GRIs. Um, you know, just unpacking that, do you, do, you, do you see this as a problem that you've got so many different ways, or is it needed? You know, is it because each of these different areas is specific to, you know, certain, you know, energy indicators, certain areas of the business?
1: No, I think that it is quite confusing and I can imagine being quite confused if I was an organisation, I think. Um, and it's the larger organisations that this hits much more so. Um, and a lot of it's, a lot of it is through supply chain and through, um, you know, you want to work for a larger, for a, for another larger company, they're asking you to go through CDP or, um, and so you end up knowing that, that contract comes with another, um, you know, thing that you've got to report on, and I do, I do feel for these organisations that have to constantly report on it. And we, I, I'm in a bit of a syndicate um, of businesses. We've got a consortium, impacts advisors, and a number of those companies: Junction, Pearl, Greenheart, Business, and in there are they report they do a lot actually it's a friend from one stone as well they they do a lot of that reporting for these organizations and we feel that some of the reporting probably could be done a lot better and i and i have a and i, I think that that's the reason being is there's too much reporting going on so it and how do we change that we we did a podcast funnily enough with um future future fit uh, martin and one of their clients on this exact subject talking about the reporting that goes on and i guess over time we'll probably consolidate more um hopefully um i think some of them are much better than others it's but it's but they've all come from the right place for the most part they've all come from the right place particularly C- C- i mean cdp is an interesting one cdp started very small and i remember some of our clients having to report through cdp long 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 time ago and um i remember the questions just got longer and longer and then i ended up not doing them anymore and thankfully my colleagues started doing the cdp stuff But i looked at one the other day and it, you couldn't even recognize it from the first initial cdp days but there is They've done a good job of pushing sustainability through the supply chain. So you can't, I don't think you can I don't think we can comment and go, oh yeah, they're rubbish. Mm. But it is really hard work. It, and you know. Yeah, it's I it's um there was there was an organization, I forget the name
0: that I was talking to in Australia who they're a, they're a startup, well, you know, a few years in, but they've created, they've been using AI to go into large organizations that are using a number of different ind- indicator measures and then using AI to recognize gaps. I mean, it's like just another thing to kind of add on. And it, yeah, I'm not at all kind of suggesting it's, any of it's bad, like you say, it's all the right thing, but it is, it's always a problem when you're in these areas that are growing because you'll get silos of um, well, ways of doing things. You know, interestingly, we're looking at it now, creating a token on our platform an impact token as a measure and then you're like okay this is great then we're creating something else other people can use yeah. you know there's no kind of go-to standard it seems to me and i i don't think maybe there just won't be i mean the sdgs are different but they're, they're really kind of colorful and marketable and then you've got the problem that they sometimes are not measurable enough although underneath you do have all these indicators you know i personally like That element of the SDGs but I think then you've got to say well how do you incorporate it into an organisation so there is a level of accountability because certainly you know in these other indicators the accountability is there so
1: yeah yeah I mean who knows who knows I mean you just mentioned um, you mentioned B Corp and then you said there are a number of other certifications I guess it's up to us as organisations whether we want to Um, just go down the B Corp route and everyone just decides unanimously right we just choose one certification that's great for B Corp they are a charity is that so therefore is that good Um, you know but then I'm I love that type of capitalism of um, I love competition absolutely love it and I'm friends with quite a lot of our competition and I like it when friends do well and they've won work off us because it means that we will get better. So I kind of, I don't know. It's difficult. Yeah, a
0: good way to look at it. No, I think that's a really healthy way to look at it. I never thought about it with that kind of perspective, because I'm, yeah, have very much the same sentiment. And, you know, when we look at our competitors, we look at them as potential partners in pretty much every situation in this space. There's a lot of that where you could say, well, we direct compete or maybe we partner and, you know, do a bit together and achieve the, you know, a bigger result, so.
1: Mm.
0: Um, you know, you've been around for a while in terms of this space. Um, you know what you're doing. What, how have you, in your view, what, you know, what is progress like? You know, are we going fast enough? How realistic is 2030? Like, you know, things definitely. And from my perspective of just understanding more the CSR space, massive changes over 10 years, just in terms of you know, CSR roles and sustainability roles and, you know, the the people side of it. But, you know, what what are you seeing in terms of progress? Is it enough? How realistic is, you know, the, the goal of 2030 and what needs to be done?
1: I think, I don't actually know the answer to that, but what I do know is the private sector are pushing faster and the private sector are actually doing a really, really good job. And I think the other thing that we that people are forgetting about and I have a f- horrible feeling that the public sector are relying on. Is there is so much stuff going on in the private sector that's not measured? You've just measured. You've just talked about that Australian company that's um, doing that thing on AI. Um, that's not going to be measured anywhere. But they will be pushing boundaries, doing what they're doing, and doing what you're doing. You will be pushing boundaries and doing what you're doing. You're not going to be statistic on anyone's radar so and i and i know that there's lots and lots and lots of organizations that are doing a hell of a lot around the world in this space and i think it is the power of many and i think um have you read that book tipping points by um i did
0: yeah years ago though i mean it's it's, uh i forget his name but i read a couple outlines he did as well yeah yeah.
1: think about think about that from a sustainability point of view and the tipping point with all of these organizations doing all of this stuff um there will be a tipping point at some point where we will just get and i'm hoping and hopeful that that we will get to that point i think that the public sector and i can obviously really only talk about the british government but if i'm from what I know of all the other governments around the world, I think the British government is actually probably one of the better governments around the world in this space, which is kind of sad because of what I'm just about to say. Um, But yesterday our prime minister, yeah, I think it's yesterday um, said that they were going to spend 12 billion pounds on sustainability. And whereas, and they had a 10 point structure thing, totally ill thought out. um, And 12 billion pounds really they spent a 100 billion on a rail track from london to birmingham to put into perspective they've just added 4 billion onto the 40 billion pounds that they give the army they spent I, I don't know what on the track and trace that um, is the laughing stock of, I think, oh, yeah. possibly the world. Um, I think that was about 10 billion. Um, just to put things in perspective, it's a bit like, right, well, you really are just wanting to put a tiny little band-aid over that. It sounds like a lot for you, but actually it's just... And I think that's the problem that we've got is government don't actually... They don't care. And I think they're relying on private sector. And... It's actually really quite scary because if you can if you foresee what's going on and if that carries on that with then private sector will become more and more powerful because we as human beings will believe more in the private sector than we will in the public sector, which means that we will feel much more comfortable with Google already in schools in the UK and the US. And they are running the academies. They are sponsoring these schools. So we're already seeing it. But as we believe more and more in the private sector, that will become more and more and more until we end up living in the private sector. And actually, governments are just a token part of society.
0: yeah, I mean, it's 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 not really on the theme of the podcast, but it is an interesting uh, meditation, I suppose, is that whole area. Yeah, I mean, I, I because I, I I just don't know whether that's an inevitability, almost. You know, particularly when you look at the capital that is held within the private sector versus the government. You know, and and just the, you know the 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 influence of um, you know people in in government. Obviously, we've just you know in the U.S. you've got everything going on there, but you've had someone probably not the best choice for the environment but uh you've had someone from the private sector if, if not an entertainer go into government so yeah it is interesting who knows i mean I, who knows what is next and, and where it might go um it does beg the question actually which i also had is you know the role of the private sector the role of government the role of the individual i think that probably kind of covers you know everything in terms of what needs to be done you know when people look at their impact on the environment you know how much is how much is it about government how much is it about business how much is it about individuals or can they be are they indistinguishable at all anyway you know when 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 people are thinking about you know the the planet the environment um is there a way to weight it would you say or or is it really a kind of whole of globe job
1: i think i think the government have a lot lot larger placed um to play personally i think that from a legislative point of view they can really really um push boundaries by legislating a huge amount for us to as organizations and businesses to drive that change through and they can do it much faster through legislation and we've seen that work but um and so therefore, I mean, I think that's why I'm just disappointed with, which is why I was saying it's more disappointment than anything else. It's not trying to, you know, down, you know, I'm not, I'm not anyway. Um, and I think as individuals, we can do, we can do more, but you've, it's very hard to think, oh, well, if I do my little bit there, will that make a difference? And I think it's, it's because it's that power of many. I mean, you grew up in the UK. Do you remember the, the expression, um, look after the pennies and the pounds will look after themselves. Yep. You know, that kind of says it all, really. It's, um, that is the power of many. If we do tiny, tiny little things, um, then, but it's really hard to see that in the long term because it it doesn't take a year or two or three. It will take 10 years for that to change. And thankfully our generations coming up through, all the schools are talking about sustainability and the environment, and the teachers are have added it into the curriculum. Interestingly, before the government asked them to add it in, so they're already so they're kind of being taught about it, which means it'll be a part of their society as they grow up. Yeah, I mean, we didn't. If you think about when we grew, up, I mean, we just we wouldn't have been
0: thinking about anything about this, and it, I mean, it wasn't on the agenda anyway. But yeah, you're just. I think you're just your Mental framework around it as a kid, you know, growing up and coming out of school is is going to be so different now than it was mm. uh, when did I go to school thirty years ago? I'm not sure about yourself, but yeah, it was a while ago. Pretty so, <laughs> look i i didn't have um I didn't have any more questions. It uh, was there anything I didn't ask that you that you wanted to add before I ask you to kind of share your, your credentials, your your I websites think, and stuff?
1: I think I um, mean we were talking about it last time we spoke about um, that collaboration. And we've got um, and we'll be launching Sustainability Solved, a um, online community platform that is going to host webinars and talk and help people collaborate together um, on environmental management and carbon footprinting only. And um, I think the more the organisations that um, can work together and can talk to each other and communicate with each other. I mean, we've got one of our. I would say, I think potentially our biggest competitor at Compare Your Footprint is a company called Emmett Wise, and um, they're really nice guys who run that. Um, and they sent us a client recently because they thought that they didn't best fit them, and I think. Gone are the days where they would have just gone, okay, well, um, whatever. But uh, and I know I know they're nice guys because actually they're in. We're in a similar group, and um, it's that collaboration, and I think it's that and it's that power of many. And not one company, not one person is going to solve the sustainability problem. It's actually going to be solved by all of us working together unanimously towards a common goal. And that's the only way that this is going to happen. Whether you work in a small business, whether you work in a large corporation, whether you work on your own, it's little things. It's that influence of change. Whether you're cleaning, if you're a cleaner, um, you can start to ask whether they need to use bleach, whether they need to use, um, you could use more environmental products or if you're the CEO of a company, you can influence that change and ensure that the decisions that are made are much more longer term rather than short term decisions. And it's just all of us working together really. Couldn't
0: agree more, so, and uh, an apt way to, to sign off. Um, where can people find out more about you? You know, you've got obviously the consultancy, the, the carbon footprinting tool, you've got the podcast. Do you want to just share some details of where people can find out more about the work you do and get in touch if they need to?
1: Yeah, I do. I mean, it's Green Element, um, is the company, and compare your footprint. And I think from there, you find everything, um, kind of benchmark, we're not signposted through. And so, um, you go to either of those, and then you'll find pretty much everything else. Um, and reach out to me, I'm really happy to um, speak to anyone about anything. Um, and I mean that it's William at greenelement.co.uk. Um, and yeah, just just email me and um we'll get we'll get back to you and we can help save the world's problems together
0: awesome well it's been great to chat and um yeah I'll, I'll leave those those details in the speak in the notes for the podcast as well so um yeah looking forward to i think probably speaking more and, and hopefully doing stuff together partnering on some things and and yeah it's been it's been good to do
1: the podcast brilliant i've got an idea which i'll talk to you about afterwards i'm not going to put you on the spot <laughs> all right sounds good mate all, all the best have a have a great day cheers thank you cheers this is a podcast from task task helps you create and measure impact for more information please visit task.io